This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Lots of pressure on the real estate market in the lower mainland. Sales are falling and prices are going down, but not drastically. They are holding steady, especially compared to last year. So where is it all headed? In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. He'll fill us in on what direction the real estate market is taking. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The B.C. government announced this past week that parents could book a vaccination for their kids aged between six months and five years old. But by the end of the week, B.C.'s Ministry of Health says just a fraction of parents in the province have registered their kids. Around 208,000 kids are now eligible to receive the shot. After the first couple of days of the vaccinations being available, just under 14,000 kids had been registered with about 8,200 booking appointments. The first doses were administered on Tuesday here in B.C. We all know it can be hard to find a family doctor in B.C., and the Ministry of Health says it was grateful to be informed of an advertisement that a couple had placed in a newspaper looking to find a family doctor. It says the couple were contacted by health officials about their prescription needs and booking an appointment with a doctor or nurse practitioner if required. This comes after Premier John Horgan said he's considering employing the same tactic to pressure the federal government after previous failed attempts to secure increased health funding. About a million people in B.C. don't have a family doctor. And Horgan says Canada's premiers lobbied the federal government for increased health funding last month during meetings in Victoria. The checks in the mail, according to ICBC, they say all of its rebate checks for drivers are now in the mail, meaning if you haven't gotten yours yet, you should soon. The Provincial Insurance Corporation says it's sending out the $2.8 million Checks worth at least $110 each to offset soaring gas prices. Anyone with active auto insurance in February is eligible. It comes as ICBC continues racking up surpluses every quarter. In total, the insurers sending out uh, nearly $400 million in rebates. More details this week about the professional rodeo coming to Langley next month. The organizers of the Valley West Stampede say the event is sanctioned by the Canadian Professional Rodeo Association, which will bring in the competitors. Uh, There are people who aren't happy about it. Groups such as the Vancouver Humane Society say the bull riding and bucking events pose a risk to the animal's well-being. If you've ever stayed at an Airbnb, you've probably seen hosts that try to add personalities to their properties. An oasis in the city, a rustic cabin feel that takes you back in time. Well, an Airbnb listing in Mississippi has now been removed after the owner advertised it as an 1830s slave cabin. The vacation rental company apologized after a TikTok video made by a black lawyer from New Orleans went viral, criticizing the description of the bed and breakfast cottage. The video has been viewed by over 2.7 million people. Airbnb says it removed the Mississippi listing from its site and is doing the same for other listings known to include former slave quarters in the United States. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, we'll talk real estate with our friend John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartPoint.com. 
That's coming up next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and let's talk real estate with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com with two N's in Johnny, johnnysmartpoint.com. And, you know, we talk to John, you know, every few weeks here on Vancouver Consumer. And I think it's worth pointing out that uh, John is within the top one to 2% of all realtors in uh, the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver for several years running consistently in what is called the MLS Medallion Club, which recognizes the top 10% of all member agents. And uh, he has well over a thousand combined career sales. And I just think that I need to point that out. And John is with us right now. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Martin. I'm doing great. Thanks. How's your summer so far? So far, quite great. I'm looking forward to a little bit of vacation in the in the weeks to come, and uh, I, I think it I think it's going really, really well. Um, and uh, let's talk about uh, the summer and real estate because um, I guess the summer has a lot to do with it. And let's start with some of the statistics that are coming out because there's a lot of stuff. According to the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, uh, the Lower Mainland's housing market has uh, entered what they say is a, quote, new cycle marked by quieter home buyer demand. So so what it, what does that mean to you, a new cycle? Well, the market's changed. And... Um... You know, if if you've been living under a rock, maybe you're not aware of that. But I think most of the listeners out there have, you know, through through listening to this program and and uh, the radio, uh, newspapers and all that sort of thing through the media, people are getting the information that the real estate market has changed. And again, I like to bring up the word perspective because you might say compared to what? Excuse me. <clears throat> you might say compared to what? And we are comparing to a quite the run, you know. And and when I think about back on the last number of months and even going back a couple of years we've been doing this program it's been a lot of uh, kind of high flying market increasing every month and you know we we've had discussions about multiple offers and how do you maximize your sale when you know in this kind of a market and and why would you price low and expect a high sale price and all of those kind of discussions that we had were really timely because in that market that's the kind of um, that's the avenue that a seller would most likely want to go down would would be to take advantage of the pressure in the market with the number of buyers far seemingly you know outstripping the number of available good listings and so we were having competitions on parts of buyers buying homes well if you want to you know look at today's market it's it's completely different and you know no party lasts forever and uh, you know there's up times and down times and again, to bring up the word perspective, it's not like we're in the kind of market where it's the dust bowl and, uh, you know, we're in the Great Depression or anything. But we are in a, a bit of a almost like a hangover period after the party where the market now is deflating in terms of sale prices and activity uh, in terms of buyers. And, and you hit it on the head there, quoting those stats. It has a lot to do with the reduced demand, both in terms of excitement and willingness to buy and ability to buy at higher prices with the higher interest rates we're looking at a reduced demand on the part of buyers 
um, many of whom are saying things to themselves like, gee, is it the right time for me to buy? Uh, what I'm hearing is the market seems to be going down in terms of prices. If I buy today, will I make a mistake? Uh, and that's kind of in direct opposition to uh, sellers, uh, you know, buyers thinking they were going to maybe going to miss out on the market in the past. And now sellers are thinking, gee, am I going to miss out on this? So buyers are, are a little bit more careful. They have more time. They have less ammunition to go out and fight one another, even if they're willing to do so um, to, to get a property. And so it really comes down to the market dynamics. And as we've talked about so many times on this program, it's very important for a buyer and a seller out in the real estate market these days to understand the fundamental, the lay of the land, the environment they're working in, to understand the leverage situation that they may have or may not have anymore. And within that understanding, to be able to operate in a way that, um, you know, is to their best benefit. So when I look at the market and I read the stats and we're talking about reduced demand, I see it on a day to day, um, on a day to day basis. When I'm representing mostly sellers, I'm a mostly a listing agent, but I also work with buyers. And I think it's really important that people understand what's happening out there. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, we're talking to John Carlson, Johnny SmartPoint, and you can find his website online, johnnysmartpoint.com, two N's in Johnny. You can also give him a call, 604-612-0080, or email john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And, you know, talking about perspective and, uh, and, and media coverage. I mean, it, it tends to, there, there tends to be a narrative that goes along with whatever's going on. A narrative, you know, a year ago was the market's red hot, it's crazy and, and it's insane. And now the narrative is the market's going down. Do you think that people overreact in both directions? Um, that's a good question. And I, I don't know that no, I don't. I don't think that people necessarily, in general, overreact. Um, you know, the people that I talk to, at least, I try to inform them well enough to react appropriately. Um, I guess there's always going to be people who overreact um, to whatever stimulus or information might be out there. But you know, I think for the most part, uh, it, it just takes time. Uh, you know, some people seem to get it very quickly. Other people, you know, maybe it takes time. And I can think on both sides of the fence where. You know, recently, I'll, I'll just be quick, but anecdotally, I met through through another business um, sort of situation. I met a fellow who came through one of my open houses and actually wrote an offer on one of my properties. And it was a multiple offer situation. And, um, you know, uh, talking to him, I remembered the situation. and He was telling me, you know, oh boy, we really wanted that place. But looking back, I remember their offer was by far the weakest of about a dozen offers that we had on the property. And it turned out that this person ended up buying a property they were unhappy with and there was reasons they had to purchase quickly and I, I remember thinking to myself you know if this person had just had a little bit more information had they been a little bit better prepared in the market they probably would have acted differently and not uh you know offered low prices on house after house after house only to lose out while the market was going up and up and up and up and finally when they wised up to the situation that what they were doing was not getting them anywhere it was kind of too late because they couldn't afford the kind of property they wanted anymore uh, so, you know, there's a situation where someone maybe could have been better informed and could have had a better strategy as a buyer. And now I look at the market on the flip side today and I, I see a market where listings may be sitting for a while and some sellers might have that same issue where they're a little bit slow to recognize the leverage situation that they're in 
and they may be asking for a price that's not that competitive. And uh, and then you, you see situations where, you know, one property that I'd known the other agent and I wasn't involved in with any offers, but they eventually just took their house off the market because their their expectation versus the reality of the market, they didn't match. And they were in a position where they were not going to be satisfied. So I don't know if people overreact uh, as much as I would say people might be slow to react or accept the reality of the situation that they're in. Again, the reality of the market is real estate prices are still high. Um, and it, it is an active market, but it's nothing like it was uh, three, four months ago. And that's why you need somebody who knows the lay of the land, who uh, understands how things work. And uh, that's John Carlson, who we're talking to, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, I want to talk now about, about timing. I mean, it's, it's always something, it's like the, the, the stock market. It's kind of a fool's game to try to time the market. But uh, obviously things are happening. And if someone comes to you, goes to johnnysmartpoint.com or sends you an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. I mean, what's the first, um, the, the first I, piece of advice you would give somebody who's thinking of selling a property? Because people are, it isn't a dust bowl, like you say. You know, it's a thriving community, the Lower Mainland, and people are buying and selling homes. I mean, what's the first thing you would uh, talk about? if someone approached well, you about potentially buying or selling a property? Well, before I can give any advice, really, I need to listen because um, like you say, uh, there's still activity out there and people buy and sell for different reasons. And it's a fool's game to try to time the market. And I need to understand what the situation is before I can really give any advice. But generally speaking, people want to know, hey, can I still sell my property at a price close to what I could have got, what's the best way to go about it and, and how should I handle it in terms of timing? And, and I'm glad you brought up the word timing because, you know, right now, I, I think I'm just going to come out and say it that right now it's pretty clear that real estate prices have been dropping for the last couple of months and that trend will continue. So on the one hand, I think sooner is better than later. If you're say you're just selling your property and cashing out and you're not buying again, of course, if you're buying again, things can be somewhat relative if you have the equity and you, you know what I mean, where you're not, yeah. uh, where you still have the ability to purchase. But I think that um, if you're selling and that's your main concern, sooner is, is better than later if the market continues to drop month after month, which it seems to be doing. But on the other hand, there's this other little thing. With, if you look at, say, last year uh, in 2021, it was pretty much every month was pretty much an up month in real estate, especially the second half of the year, with the exception of August of last year. There was a bit of a dip, both in the number of sales in all segments and the average sale prices in August of last year. And I think that had a lot to do with people who had been, you know, hey, we were stuck in our homes for, for two years and uh, told not to go anywhere. And finally, when things started to relax a bit and the weather came out, people said, you know what, I'm going to go on holidays. I'm going to live my life. And, you know, this year we had a pretty disappointing start to the summer weather-wise. This year, we seem to have some freedom from the COVID situations and people are out traveling. And I really think that uh, now that we're into, you know, the first week of August, I think that timing wise, it might be better to wait until September before introducing a property to the market. And I, I kind of, you know, relate it to, um, you know, there, there's, there's this adage that I guess if let's say the government wants to announce a policy into the press, but they know it's going to be unpopular, or it might not look good on them. 
they generally do it on a Friday afternoon when fewer people are paying attention. And right. the market right now in August, there are fewer people paying attention. Now, that doesn't mean you don't list your house necessarily. There are reasons people may want to do it. But as part of a general strategy, sooner is better than later. But I'd be hesitant to introduce my property in the last week of August when I could wait until after the long weekend of September and maybe have the full audience. Uh, you know. So in terms of timing, soon is good. But August, you might want to think about it. Yeah, because what what was it like last weekend when it was so really really hot? Um, were were people out there searching? Well, yes, that's the thing. The market carries on. So actually, and and I've I've had I've had two recent sales um, just this past week. So the market does carry on. But you know, when I think of the sales that I've had, they've been listings that have had good reason to. Uh, to be attractive in terms of sale prices. One of my clients has a home that's being built. It's been happening for months and months, and now it's getting close to completion. And, uh, you know, they want to be able to complete on that home. So, you know, yeah. they, they, they priced attractively. And that's another thing. Maybe in the second segment of this uh, program, we'll talk about a concept I call getting under the market. And uh, so things are still happening. Right. But, you know, August tends to be the slowest month of the year. And right now, I'd say that this month's probably going to be the slowest we've seen so far. Right. John Carlson is our guest. JohnnySmartPoint.com is his website. You can give him a call at 604-612-0080. And you can also email him at john at JohnnySmartPoint.com. We are talking about uh, this current market uh, and... Uh, you know, the timing of everything. And and that's the weird thing about real estate. Sometimes you just need to sell your house. Sometimes you just need to buy a property and uh, timing is everything, but it's also just uh, the way it is. And when we come back, uh, I, I really want to talk about this concept of getting under the market. We'll, we'll talk about getting under the market in this real estate market in the lower mainland. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And we'll be right back right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, we're talking real estate with our friend John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You know him uh, as Johnny Smartpoint, and uh, you can also give him a call, 604-612-0080, or an email is always welcome, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And John, we've been talking about the current state of lower mainland real estate. It's obviously going through kind of a slowing down. Uh, the real estate board called it a new cycle marked by quieter home buyer demand. And uh, it's all the more reason why you you want somebody who understands every type of market, not just a market that is roaring up and, uh, you know, you can sell your home in three days with multiple offers, but times when the market is a bit more challenging. You need someone uh, like John Carlson who, who has well over a thousand combined career sales and is within the top one to 2% of all realtors in greater Vancouver. And that's John Carlson, Johnny Smart Point. Um, and John, you talked about a concept called getting under the market. Explain what getting under the market is. Well, you know, and it's not like I invented this, so let me be very clear, but I think it's a timely, 
uh, topic to bring up. And, and really getting under the market has to do with being attractive enough to, um, to get those offers, which are a lot more rare. And so it really has to do with positioning because lately I'll, let's say, do evaluations for a certain segment. Maybe it's a townhouses in Westwood Plateau. Maybe it's detached houses in Pitt Meadows. Maybe it's condominiums in Burnaby, whatever it might be. The trend is very similar right now. What I see, uh, there may be, uh, I'm just going to pick random numbers. There may be 20, let's say, listings in a particular category that a, that a potential home seller might be competing with. And then I look and see, okay, well, how many in this segment have sold recently? And you might see only two sales in the last two months. And when you look at that sort of a dynamic, you recognize pretty quickly that in order to sell, you have to be attractive enough to get one of those offers from one of those buyers who is in the market. And keep in mind, these buyers that are out there now, they understand that that they have more leverage now and that they have an ability to negotiate. And if they don't get what they want, they can go to the next guy and try to negotiate on that place. So it all has to do with positioning. And, you know, I want to say right now, when I do evaluations, I think it's really important to, to let people know that I think a real estate agent needs to have some humility when it comes to doing an evaluation. And by that, I mean, we have to recognize that I have to recognize that I'm not the market. I don't decide what a buyer might pay. And I also have to recognize that in a changing environment, it can be hard to peg an exact number that a house might sell for. But if you look at the bigger picture and you say in the, like the situation I just mentioned, where there are 20 potential listings, only two sales in the last month or two, and the other 18 are still there. And some of them are looking at probably bringing their price down in the next week or two. You want to say this to yourself. Do I believe that the real estate market has flattened and bottomed out? Or do I think that the market will continue to soften in terms of pricing? When you look back at what ha what's happened in the, the steep rise in prices in the second half of last year, it's not hard to come to the conclusion that a lot of those gains are going to come off the market as the reduced buyer enthusiasm and high interest rates and all that sort of stuff take effect. So given if you accept the premise that your house that you're living in right now will probably sell for less a month, two, three months, four months down the road than it would today. Uh, then it makes sense to get it done relatively quickly if, inter if indeed you do need and want to sell your house in this market, which a lot of people do. So getting under the market, and I've got a great example of this if I have time, getting under the market would be, okay, of these 18 listings that are left, let's just say that maybe there'll only be two or three sales in the next couple of months. How do you become one of those sales? And really buyers are looking for a good value proposition. Of course, they judge a property like any, con any consumer would a comparison shopper on how well does it suit them and how much do they like it and all these other reasons. But right now buyers know they've got some leverage and they don't want to make a mistake and they definitely do not want to overpay for a home. So they look very, very strong at the value proposition. You could have a great place, but if it's overpriced, buyers will probably look at it and say, oh, gee, you know, let's wait. We're gonna, we can do better than this. We really like this place. So the value proposition gives a buyer, you know, the feeling that, hey, so in other words, if you've got a, your segment is all between uh, 1.5 and $1.6 million, maybe you want to be 1.499 because when that next serious buyer comes and it's time for them to make a decision, which property are we going to look at? Which one are we going to offer on? You want to be uh, one of the ones that offer the best value proposition on the market, given that if you wait and all your other competition waits another month or two, chances are those prices statistically might be down, you know, two, two and a half, even 3% next month. So 
getting under the market is important. And I'll, I'll quickly give you, I want to congratulate Dave and Donna on the sale of their home and the purchase. Mm-hmm. And this is a great uh, example of a of one of my clients who understood the market and worked in a way that was beneficial to them. Um, they sold a home. Maybe I won't say where just because I don't want to give anything away, but sold a home about two months ago, two and a half months ago. And at that time, we recognized the market was changing and they they priced their home about fifteen, twenty thousand dollars less than the other listings out there that were very similar. And sure enough, within a couple of weeks, we got a sale. Well, fast forward to today, about two and a half months later, they just bought a very similar home for $150,000 less than they sold their home for. And, uh, you know, they could have waited even longer and probably got a better deal, but they didn't want to be homeless. And, um, you know, they recognized the fact that when they were selling, that the competition was kind of stiff. And then when they were buying, we actually wrote three offers on the same property. And as, as funny as this sounds, each offer we wrote over a period of about a month on the house they were looking for was less than the offer that was rejected the previous time. But of course, with really? the market changing so much, you know, we we had to adjust our, our, our uh, you know, our strategy as well as buyers. So when you're a seller, just make sure that what you're offering out on the market is attractive enough to get an offer because a lot of places aren't getting them right now. And sellers tend to remember the very high, high, high marks in terms of the sales that hit in February and early March. But those prices are not supported anymore. So you want to look at today's market and say, hey, how attractive do I want to be on the market? I would suggest that pricing attractively and trying to hold to that price is a lot better strategy than leaving a bunch of, you know, negotiating room that never happens because you don't end up negotiating. Right. So you, you're saying that now is not the time to, to overprice your, your property. Yes. Generally speaking, you know, that's the case. Now, some properties are much more price sensitive than others. Uh, for instance, um, certain condominiums are newer within the last, say, five years in a neighborhood where there might be an awful lot of condominiums like yours. Those can be pretty price sensitive because people look at price per square foot and these sorts of things. And it's very easy to compare one to the other. And there's a lot of very similar choices where other properties with certain views, perhaps, or certain locations are a lot less price sensitive because they don't have as much direct competition. But even those properties, put yourself in a buyer's shoes. Uh, If you're looking at any product in your comparison shopping, you look at how well does this suit me? How much do I like it? And is the value proposition right? Do I would I make a mistake paying this price for this property? So yes, across the board, you want to make sure your pricing is uh, attractive, not too attractive. Nobody wants to give anything away, and a good agent uh, should be able to help people understand the market well enough to position where you're going to get some action, and then from there, you know, it, then from there, you really have to fight for your price because chances are the buyers are going to write offers that are somewhat conservative because, again, they don't want to make mistakes and they know the market's changing. So you want to position well, and then you want to be in a in a situation where you're able to defend your price. And I think that's where a good negotiator and a good experienced agent come in in two ways. Number one, helping you uh, position right. And then number two, helping defend your price when that offer comes in, because suddenly sellers have to defend their prices again. Right. John Carlson is our guest, uh, real estate agent, Johnny Smart Point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. You can send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, yeah, it's like you say, you need somebody who can help you no matter what the weather. Because as you were talking, I was kind of thinking it's like being a fishing guide. Um, Sometimes the fish are biting and everyone's catching fish. And other times maybe the weather is weird and you need someone with the experience who knows 
when when things are different, when situations change and when conditions are challenging, you need someone who knows how to deal with those conditions. And that's uh, Johnny Smart Point. And the reason why John is called Johnny Smart Point is because uh, I, I think I understand this. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's because you're that smart point between good value because you're a 2% realtor and real expertise. I mean, you've sold well over a thousand properties in the lower mainland. You know this market. You've seen up markets, down markets, weird markets, COVID markets, all those different things. Uh, and so you have all the experience that anyone could possibly have. I should mention you're within the uh, 1% to 2% of all the realtors in Greater Vancouver for several years running in the top. Um, and uh, it's it's that smart point between a good value, which is 2% realty. And if you go to John's website at john at johnnysmartpoint.com, you can actually figure out how much money you're going to save um, on say, uh, you know, a $900,000 property is going to save you $9,000. That's as simple as that. It's, it's numbers. And, uh, and I, I, I hope I'm saying that right. That's why you call yourself Johnny smart point, right? Well, you know, I appreciate all those, those nice things. Yes. And I want to point out that when I talk about saving people money, I'm comparing to a commission structure of 7% on the first hundred thousand and two and a half or 3% on the balance, which is generally what you find out there in the market for the most part, but commissions are negotiable. So, you know, check around, but you're absolutely right, Martin. I, the smart point, you know, idea is that people, you know, what's the smart thing to do when you're selling? And and part of that is is going to be commission structure. People don't want to pay any more than they have to. And, and why would you pay any more than you have to? So, but the other part, which is becoming, you know, is always more important than commission is the competence level, the proficiency level of the representative that you have. I mean, how, how well uh, can he or she defend your price, negotiate your position, convey your position to buyers. And uh, again, I've had this philosophy for many years that nobody can convince a buyer to pay more than they think a property is worth, but a good agent may be able to demonstrate why that buyer would want to pay the price of the listing that they have. So uh, again, the smart point is yes, you, you, you get a good value when you work with me in terms of commission structure, but you also get an agent who is experienced and, and most importantly, the thing I pride myself on most, and you hear this with a lot of the testimonials that come on this program, is that I listen to my clients, I, I, um, I give them honest, good advice, and I'm always an open book when it comes to listening to whatever their thoughts and ideas are, because this is a team type process. I work with my sellers, and I'm always open to their thoughts, and I'll always tell my clients the truth, no matter how, you know, how popular or unpopular it might be. My job is to give them good accurate information so that they can make good decisions that, that will benefit them. And so it's really a, it's a collaborative process when I work with my sellers. And, and right now there's an awful lot to talk about and strategy is becoming more important than ever. Right. And it might just be a good time. If you are kind of on the fence, you've got a property, you're thinking about selling it, get a hold of John, John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. The phone number 604-612-0080 or john at johnnysmartpoint.com is uh, the email address. Well, thanks, John. Enjoy the rest of your summer. We'll talk to you again in September. Thanks. I'll be back then. Have a great remainder of the summer. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, John. Coming up, the BC government is making it cheaper to buy an electric car in BC for most people. 
Also, how much money can you save by driving an EV? That's coming up next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. The B.C. government is pushing for more of us to buy electric cars. And with the sky-high price of gas, it's not a hard sell. And now the government has announced a new rebate program for electric vehicles to make them more affordable and accessible. A statement from the Ministry of Energy, Mines and Low Carbon Innovation says the maximum provincial rebate for battery electric, fuel cell electric and long-range plug-in hybrid electric vehicles will climb from $3,000 to $4,000. The maximum rebate for lower-range plug-in hybrid electric vehicles increases to $2,000 from the previous high of $1,500. And this is uh, just provincial money. There are federal rebates as well. The new rebate program in BC is also clearly aimed at people with more modest incomes and actually could mean less money back for people making more money. The ministry says eligibility for the rebate will be based on how much you make. If it's up to $80,000 a year or a household making up to $125,000 a year, you're eligible for the maximum. If you make more than that, it's a little different. As personal or household income climbs, rebate eligibility decreases on a sliding scale until those with a personal income above $100,000 or households with incomes above $165,000 are no longer entitled to the full provincial discount. The statement from the ministry says 2020 income tax returns show that more than 90% of BC residents are eligible for an EV rebate and can save as much as $9,000 on the purchase or lease of a new electric vehicle when combined with the federal incentives. And while buying an electric car will be more expensive than most old-fashioned gasoline engine types, it definitely will cost less to run. According to a 2022 analysis of the ownership costs of popular car models by Clean Energy Canada, the cost of operating an electric vehicle was lower, often much lower, than its gas equivalent. An average EV will cost up to $5 to $12 to go from empty to full in Canada, says Joanna Kiriazis. She's the Clean Transportation Program Manager at Clean Energy Canada. Most EVs tend to have lower maintenance costs as well, in part because they have fewer moving parts than a traditional combustion engine. That means they don't require oil changes to keep those moving parts lubricated. EV parts also require replacements less often. A standard battery pack lasts for about five to eight years. However, when EVs do require repairs, they could be higher than the old gas guzzler. So how far can you go before charging up? Well, range can vary based on the vehicle, battery health, and driving conditions. Most EVs now have a charge of approximately 400 kilometers, according to All EV Canada. So there you go. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. We are here every Saturday, 2 to 4 every Saturday afternoon. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, and we'll see you next week. Stick around. The news is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.